Varsity Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Zeke CT60 SUV tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Good morning. Welcome along to your Saturday. How can you not be feeling good on a Saturday? I mean, it's pissing down, but (laughs) (laughs) hopefully the weather will improve. I think we're looking at a top of 16 degrees today. We're here at Harbourtown, all for our friends uh, at Solitaire Automotive. From Barcelona to Adelaide, the Cupra has now arrived. And Bryce, I think we've got a big show. We've got a lot to uh, pull apart with Port's season-defining win. But first, we're going to get to our very special guest, Crow's Ford coach, James Riley. Um, he's basically driving the Porsche right now. He's doing quite well for himself down there. James, have we got you there? Oh, he's just coming up now. So, Bryce, let's get to you. <laughs> Good morning, Tommy Lyon. Yes, we are down here at Harbertown. This morning, and it's been a little bit different to uh, our experiences down here because we've had perfect weather. Yeah. To be frankly honest, it is it is a little bit drizzly, a little bit cold, but um, hopefully we get a few people stroll through and come and say good day. Absolutely, I've been used to wearing sunglasses with the sun just blaring into my eyes, but right now I can see you fully clearly, and you look happy. How? What did you make of Port Adelaide's uh, season-defining win last night? Yeah, they, it was a, an impressive win and, mm. and a huge win on the road. We know uh, how how Massive. hard it is to, to win on the road and especially against uh, a tough opponent like St Kilda who, who make the, the game really dow and they, you really have to work for your wins against them because they, they make it, uh, they shut it down really defensively. So mm. uh, we'll, we'll deep dive into that game a little bit later, but uh, that was uh, an impressive win by Port. Yeah, huge for their year. But right now we've got our very special guest, James Riley, Adelaide's Ford line coach on the line. James, how you going, man? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. No, thank you so much for coming on. So how does your weekend look uh, ahead of game day? What does it look like? Well, we're right, we're at Adelaide Oval right now. We're about to um, go on the track and have our captain's run and have our meeting with with Nixie. So uh, I think there's going to be a bit of a crowd here. So looking forward to that. So Riles, uh, how's Laddie? Obviously, he was pretty. Well, come off the track early in the main session during the week. Is will he face a fitness test today, or is he uh, he good to go and will play against uh, the Pies tomorrow? Yeah, he's going to go out and track now. So as long as he gets through that, he'll be right to go. I think they've had a good look at it. It looks all fine. So as long as he has a bit of a kick today and gets through, uh, yeah, I think that will be fine. Mate, coming out of that Hawthorne game, it felt like you hit a pretty sweet spot where you get the learnings from a loss, but you still came away with the win. What did you guys take away from that game? Yeah, obviously down there, Hawthorne played the ground pretty well. It was a very high-pressured game. I think it was the most tackles in a game so far this year. So um, obviously our ability to to be, um, get through that sort of pressure and, and then come away with a win, was, which was pretty strong. Um, and probably just some learnings on prep. You know, we're still a young team on a um, 10-day break, our preparation. Um, little things we can probably improve. Um, we probably got out of that, yeah, that 10-day break. And Collingwood presents such a different challenge, I guess, to what Hawthorne did with the way they attack. Uh, how do you see this game playing out? Yeah, well, we're pretty... Don't look, like to look in the past too much, but the way we played round 18 last year was, you know, we were pretty strong. We just didn't get over the line. They, um, 
they uh, last quarter was really strong and got they got over the line and well, probably harder for longer. Um, they've been in great form. They're a great team to watch. And yeah, it's going to be a real, real strong challenge, and um, we'll have to wait on the conditions as well. Uh, obviously, their ruck stocks are, are pretty depleted at the moment. So we all know you guys have been fantastic around the ball in terms of your, your clearance work and, and your tackle numbers. Uh, no Scott Pendlebury in there either this week. Uh, is that an area of the ground you think you can really get on top of them and, and get the ball inside your 50, forward 50, and then and then lock it in and play a forward-half game? Yeah, no doubt. I think we're what, both one and two for scores from stoppages. So... Um, yeah, that's going to be a really important part of the game. But it's also Collingwood, the way they set up the ground, defensively and offensively, is really strong. So once that ball leaves the stoppage, um, yeah, it's, it's a real challenge against them. Um, they know their system really well, and you know. But we think uh, we've improved in that area as well. So hopefully, we can uh, compete with them for four quarters. And a question that uh, everyone wants to know, and it's been a, a talking point for a couple of weeks now, do you tag uh, a Dacos? Because we all know how well Nick's going this year, and, I mean, he's been such a weapon at half-back, but we saw him last week going in the midfield and then play the last quarter uh, as a high forward coming up to stoppage, hitting the scoreboard. Uh, there's been a bit of chat around, you know, do, do you send a Ben Keys to him or do, do you try and influence his his impact on the game or, or do you just go head-to-head with him and, and back your, your mids and, and players in and, and try and get it done on him that way? Yeah, look, Nick's probably a little bit of a different beast because he can move everywhere. You know, he can go on uh, on ball, he can go forward, which makes it very tough. We, we usually, as, as a forward group, if there is a, there's usually a damaging halfback in most sides, so we try and limit um, most weeks. I know Adam Saad was seen as... Um, uh, a big and commented on a lot, but we try and do that most weeks. So if, he, if he's half back as a team, we'll, we'll do our best to negate him. Um, yeah, but it makes it hard when when he's moving around everywhere and you still have your team defence structures. So look, Nick's been in, in great form and we'll definitely be doing uh, everything we can to, to, to stop him. Mm. And James, we all witnessed Darcy Fogarty's arrival last year, but you've seen all the hard work he puts in behind the scenes. Was there a point in your mind where you thought that it all started to, to click for him before it happened on the field last year? Um, if there had to be a game, it was probably the Geelong game um, last year down at um, Cadenia Park. We didn't win that game, mm. but Darcy probably with just everything, you know, you work on, you know, in, during the week as a coach, his ability just to, to get at the footy, um, a lot of his craft that he'd been working on but hadn't been executing in game just sort of came out <laughs> in one game. And then he sort of continued on for the rest of the year. So, yeah, for some reason, for well, the time that I was here, he was working really hard. It probably wasn't clicking. And then all of a sudden got some confidence and belief and, yeah, probably hasn't put much of a foot wrong since. Nice. And so, something I've been interested in, you've now got some immense depth down there in the forward line with Lockie Gollett and uh, Elliot Himmelberg in the wings in the sandfall. How do you sort of balance that, manage those guys, you know, relationships, expectations uh, on who would, you know, they'd probably be getting a game at um, a lot of other clubs but haven't fully consolidated it here yet? Yeah, or just probably honesty on, on where they're at and where the group's at. Um, I'd love them all to be playing, and you're probably right. Yeah. To be fair to, to Ned and, and 
Lockie Glant and um, look, even Elliot Himmelberg, they're probably playing well enough to, to play. Um, but obviously we've got to get the right mix down there. And um, no, and I've just been wrapped with you know, how they've handled it and that they've continued to perform, especially at Sample level. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, they're a close group and they're all working really close together and obviously we'll need those guys at certain times during the year. And, um, yeah, they're, they're uh, fully prepared to, to step up when it's their turn. Yeah, really love what Lockie Gollant brings to the table. Uh, James, thanks so much for joining us. We know you've got a busy morning. You're about to jump into a meeting. So uh, good luck tomorrow and uh, good luck in your meeting. <laughs> thanks, guys. Cheers. Appreciate it. James Raleigh, Adelaide's Ford Line coach, uh, giving us some of his time there, which we absolutely love. And a lot better. I think that went a lot better than the time on April Fool's Day. You guys just teed me up with some Ken Hinckley grabs. So uh, good to be talking to a real person, Bryce. We did. And you were a little bit nervous <laughs> before the show started. I was, actually wondering I whether the, the interview was going to go ahead because uh, we haven't had too many... <laughs> People from the Adelaide Crows feature on our show this year, so it was yeah. nice to get them uh, halfway through the season. <laughs> Better late than never, Bryce. <laughs> hey, now we do have a really big show coming up for you guys. We're going to pull apart that Port Adelaide game last night because it was massive. That was a season-defining win. I reckon that's like a fork-in-the-road kind of moment for Port Adelaide. Um, we're going to preview the Crows game against Collingwood. Where, how do you see that playing out just quickly, Bryce? How do you see the Crows game against Collingwood? Well, I reckon it's the most intriguing match yeah. of the round and yeah. how good that it's the last game of the round too. So although we have to wait a little bit longer yeah. for it, we will all be watching with intrigue and interest to see how the Crows go because they're only a game away from the top four, Tom. So no doubt they will be thinking in the back of their mind if they can keep up what they're doing, keep consistent. That's uh, the F word. Yes, fun. Finals (laughs) could be on the card. So uh, what better way to test themselves than a very, very informed Collingwood outfit? Yeah, and we're also going to do our quarter year analysis. So there's some interesting things to take out of the first quarter of the year. And, you know, a bit of a crystal ball. I have taken the time, Bryce, and this is, I don't know how you'd view it, probably sad that I've sat down and done the ladder predictor for the whole rest of the year. And uh, there, there are going to be some sides like Sydney and the Bulldogs really fighting it out for the lower part of the eight, which we didn't expect. Yeah, it, uh, it will be interesting. But what we do on this show, Tom, we have yes. predictions and then we hold ourselves accountable. Yes. Unlike some other people in the media no. who throw barbs out and, and want to have a crack at people and then <laughs> take no responsibility for it. We are going to take responsibility for Absolutely. our predictions and see how they're going. And if they're not going to plan... Yeah, we will. We will know pull each it. other up. Yep, we're we're gonna be very accountable as we go into the quarter year analysis. There, Bryce Gibbs, plus question time, plus Daryl Wakeland, Port Adelaide Premiership hero. He's going to be joining us a little bit later after ten, Bryce. But we got to get to a break right now, so we're going to come back after that though with a very special chat with a client. <laughs> Uh, it's 8.45. Um, we have got a top of 16 degrees today. Tom Lyon, Bryce Gibbs with you. We'll be back very soon. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Zeke CT60 SUV tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. 
Oh, so good to have your company this morning. We are broadcasting live from Harbour Town, Bryce. We've encouraged people to come say hello if you're walking past. Bryce is giving away the free hugs as usual. And we're also powered by Lumo Energy at number one King William Street. It's powered by Lumo Energy SA and City Discount Tires, SUV tyre deals on now. Of course, our good friends at Solitaire have uh, powered us up here at Harbour Town as well, Bryce. But... I just want to touch on this. I saw an article during the week uh, written about you in The Age and it says, Carlton's cheer squad has built great relationships with their on-field heroes and often extend an open invitation to retired players to join them behind the goals. But even they got a surprise when one of their fan favourites, Bryce Gibbs, who ended his career at the Crows, turned up to sit with them at the opening match of Gather Round. That is brave enough move at the best of times, but with the opposition, your former club, making your way to the cheer squad is an admirable gesture. <laughs> with Gibbs' son, Charlie, also joining in the fun. Did Charlie hear any choice words on the way to that area? <laughs> yeah, he did. And to get down uh, to the, the cheer squad at that end, it was I had to walk through the hill. Yeah, okay. And, uh, yeah, I had some feedback thrown my <laughs> way from a, from a few Adelaide supporters, but that's okay. That's yeah, uh, yeah. all in all in good fun. But, yeah, I did. I uh, I had a good relationship with, uh, with the fans yeah. and, and especially the, the Carlton cheer squad who, you know, I mean, all cheer squads do fantastic work for their clubs. And, and when I did... Uh, uh, moved to moved to Adelaide. They always said, you know, you're welcome back. And mm. and then when I retired, I uh, they got in touch and said, uh, whenever you're in Melbourne, let us know, and um, we'd love to catch up. And I said, well, do you know what? I'll, I'd love to come and sit and sit with you guys for a game when I'm in Melbourne. But yeah, it actually worked out that. Uh, they came to me, and I uh, wandered down there on <laughs> which the is Thursday how you night, which was uh, which was great. I mean, in terms of. Uh, a result for Carlton. It wasn't mm. great, but it was that in that first quarter where Adelaide kicked about seven or eight goals in the first 15 minutes of the game down yeah. that end. So, how uh, did you rationalise that to them? Uh, they weren't too happy, but Charlie was pretty happy just yeah. seeing all the goals kicked, and he wanted to yell out to Tex and Fog. He obviously knows those guys yeah, as well. Yeah. And I was trying to say, Charlie, just keep your voice yeah, down. Yeah. You don't want to barrack shush. too hard for those boys, yeah. but um, yeah, no, it was something that uh, I'd promised those guys a few years ago, and. When yeah. did it? Fantastic. Another thing the article says is Bryce Gibbs is one of the good guys in football. So I'm not sure if he knows you that well <laughs> to be writing stuff like that. I'll but take that. I'll take that. <laughs> take it Small and run, wins. Mate. Um, last night, Port Adelaide had a massive win over St Kilda. This was just captivating to watch, I thought. And I feel like that's the fork in the road moment, a difference sort of between Port making top eight and top four because... They were fantastic with their pressure. From the second quarter onwards, uh, Port Adelaide, I felt, matched the heat that St Kilda were bringing. Yeah, it was a, it was a bit of a slugfest. It was a bit of it was a game full of uh, you know mistakes, and, and yeah. the, the pressure was was pretty good for for both sides. And it came down to which side was going to make the most of their opportunities. And yeah. at the end of the day, that was Port Adelaide. So uh, St Kilda got off to a, a fantastic start, and we thought, oh. Uh, St Kilda is going to continue on their, their merry way but Port showed uh, a bit of resolve and, and got their way back into the game and, and for the best part of three quarters I thought they looked the most dangerous dangerous side so yeah. um, it's it's a huge win like winning interstate 
uh, it's like gold. You, they're, yeah. they're so hard to do, and especially with a team like St Kilda, who you know shut the game down so well. They they make it a grind, and they make you work for for every possession, let mm. alone every goal. So, um, you know. How good was Jason Horn Francis oh. as well? He he really stepped up and probably played his best game in his career to date. I mean, twenty five touches, eighteen or or more contested. Yeah. Uh, he had I think he had ten clearances in the in the first half. Uh, plenty of tackles as well. He was just an absolute bull you know, in and around the the stoppages. Um, Junior Rioli looked dangerous. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Dixon stood up in in crucial moments late in the game and. And Port, uh, they just keep finding a way to get it done, and, and their season is well and truly on track. Yeah, Jason Horn francis reminded me a lot of uh, Patrick Dangerfield when, when he was young. Uh, Ken Hinckley touched on Horn francis's game last night in his press conference. Yeah, I think he's been a great get for our footy club, but we know that he's got a lot to work on, a lot to build to. You know, I thought again tonight he, he, he showed some growth in his game, and there's still further growth to come with all phases of the game, but tonight was really impressive. He's, he's, he's seen his power tonight. I think that's what we we know about him, and everyone knows about him in his draft year. He's got this great power. You know, he's got some other stuff that he can do that's pretty damaging, it, but he was pick one, so we expect that to be the case. Yeah, he was absolutely fantastic. Felt like a breakout, a real breakout game for Jason Horn francis I wanted to ask you this, Bryce. Port Adelaide employed uh, a one-on-one kind of tactic to slow St Kilda down. Can you explain how that works? So rather than zoning off, they went one-on-one with St Kilda. How does that affect Saints' style of play? Well, it makes you, makes you work for every possession. I mean, if you've got someone running with you... When you've got the ball, you've you've either got to, if you work by yourself, it makes it extremely hard. So you need to sort of work in pairs or, or come together in three or fours, try right. and get a block and, and try and get someone out to, to get that possession. But what it also does is it it puts pressure on your your, your disposal efficiency because if you slightly miss your kick mm. with with pressure on it, it's going to turn over and it's going to go the other way pretty quickly. So. Um, as I said, it was a pretty scrappy game, and both sides made a, a lot of mistakes. But yeah. when you, when you play sides that that play more man on man and and a close close coverage sort of defence, if you're not on with your skills, you can turn the ball over and get scored against pretty quickly. Yeah, I thought St Kilda. Just watching them closely last night, they've got all the defensive hallmarks of a Ross Lyon team. But this is a new Ross Lyon style because their offensive ball movement was different to how he had it at Frio last time. He, they were lowering the eyes all the time, and I reckon when Max King returns in round nine, um, I don't know if they'll know what to do with him because they've, they've already got a pretty good structure going. Yeah, they do. Uh, Ross Lyons, obviously, being a, a senior coach for the second time, you're obviously mm-hmm. going to learn from, or third time, really, when, yeah. you, when you think about it, uh, at, at his back at his, his well, not third club because he's, been two at yeah, St Kilda yeah. and one at Frio, but you, you know three. you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, he would have learnt a lot being out of the game for a few years and, and coming back and changing how he goes about a few things. But you're right. Once they get King back in the side, it'll give him a bit more a bit more direction. But at the same time, it can hurt you as well having such a big focal point like that because yeah. it's a little bit unpredictable yep. when you don't have the real key dominant forward down there. In saying that, of course, you want him playing and, and playing well. But I just think if St Kilda can get the balance in terms of not overusing the ball, especially with with their hands, which I think they did 
uh, last night. They just overused, mm. ham, used too many, won too many handballs, and, and Port were able to put pressure on and, and turn it over and, and make it a scrap. So, if they can just get that balance right, uh, they they can be a big player leading to the back end of the year, I think. Yeah, well, as we uh, mentioned before, we're, we're doing our quarter-year analysis, and uh, when I did that ladder predictor for the Saints, they're, they're going to finish top two or three, I reckon. Uh, can we just mention the booing, too, oh with Jason on Francis? Yeah, what is going like, on? I understand he might have got a, a few few in the early rounds, but people people are just... They don't even know what they're booing for. People are just jumping on board everyone else yeah. And doing it, they wouldn't even know why they're booing. If you ask it's them, a, it's an absolute uh, pack mentality. It's ridiculous. And it's, it's sort of the lowest form of human behaviour when people begin doing taking behaviours in a pack mentality. When this is a he's a nineteen year old guy. Now I was watching last night. I had to replay this moment when they came out for the second quarter. Horn Francis started in the middle, and I think it was it was either uh, Jack Steele or Seb Ross. I can't remember which one. But he looked over at him and said, "Are you?" I read lip read it. He said, "Are you okay?" And Jason Horn Francis said, "Yeah, I'm fine." Yeah. Um, but man, it's it's got some real even without racial undertones, but it's got a real Adam Goods vibe about it. This well, thing. if he keeps going the way he's going and putting up performances like he did last night. Yeah, it clearly it, doesn't it, work. It won't last too much longer, you wouldn't have thought. Yeah. Ross Lyon was asked about that in his uh, press conference yesterday. Do we have that one, Sammy? No, he was big. He had 10 clear, 10 ground ball. He was pretty powerful. And then Crouch has been super. And we just said, look, can you tighten up on him? You know, so then many people said, we're booing him. Look, I don't want to get into the, the, the storm it is, right? So... Um, there's a couple of things, right? So people were doing a mob that they wouldn't do as individuals, so maybe just check yourself and don't do that. There's a lot of mental stress on players. If you're doing it to put him off his game, which I make an assumption you are, well, clearly doesn't work, which is good for the kid. So maybe don't boo him. And then, you know, I watched Dave Chappelle last night and spoke about people punching down on people. Let's not punch down on a 19-year-old. Yeah, very profound words there from Ross Lyon as well, getting behind him. Yeah, absolutely spot on. And and uh, as Ross said, he had 10 clearances to half time, and I think he Ross would have had a few more pointed words than what he just said then in terms of you need to get on this kid in around the stoppages because yeah. he is carving us up and uh, he's causing us a lot of headaches. Yeah, he's, uh, he's going to be a generational player for sure. Hey, we've got to get to the news, Bryce, but after 9 o'clock we've got question time. You're going to put me under the pump and we're going to have a, a close look at uh, Adelaide's game against Collingwood as well. And Tom, we've got a, a Signet Boost Power Bank. Oh, yes. Valued at fifty nine ninety five to give away today. A Signet Boost Power Bank will keep your phone, tablet and earbuds powered 24-7. Mm. So 0427-154-166. Port Adelaide fans, what were you so impressed with uh, around last night's performance? And Crows fans, what do you need to do to beat Collingwood tomorrow? Yes. Send us your thoughts and we'll read them out. Do we need a tag? Uh, Nick Dacos, Crows fans. Okay, off to the news. It's 9 o'clock on the dot. City discount tyres. Buy three, <laughs> get one free on the popular Falcon Zeke CT60 SUV tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Oh, yes, yeah, Saturday, feeling good, and the sun has finally popped its head out, Bryce. We're getting the whole four seasons in one day scenario Going right from now. from rugged up to 
taking layers off yeah, and I'm gonna, I might be uh, naked. Yeah, so. you didn't have to take your pants off, yeah? <laughs> uh, we've got a very special friend on the line. From Barcelona to Adelaide, the Cupra has now arrived. Ben Bryant, have we got you there? You do indeed. Hi, how you doing? Yeah, fantastic. Look, we've got this car sitting right next to us and it's got a sporty kind of edge Looks really powerful, mate. Can you uh, explain the Formenta, the car that's on display right now next to us? Yeah, yeah. What you're looking at there is the Formenta VZX, which is our top spec model. Uh, it's kicking out at 228 kW, uh, 4.9 seconds from 0 to 100. Um, it's, yeah, just a really impressive car. Um, absolutely stunning. It's our longest wheelbase vehicle. Um, so, yeah, a lot of room for everybody as well. So, perfect for somebody that wants to take it out uh, to enjoy the drive or for family, for practicality as well. Uh, talk us through some of the features because we've got starting to uh, – some people starting to walk through Harbour Town here and, and getting sort of up nice lining. and close and looking inside. Uh, what are some of the features that this vehicle can provide them if they uh, decide to purchase one of these nice-looking Coopers? Yeah, yeah, so it is, is fully kitted out. With the VZXs, you'll find that it's got a, a lovely blue leather interior with the bucket seats, which, you know, sometimes bucket seats can be more of a visual thing, but we've never had anyone sit in it yet and say they're not comfy. So uh, they've got that side of it as well. We do come stocked out with the Apple CarPlay and the Android also as well, which is completely wireless. Uh, so you can link it in with all of those features. It's got the wireless charging that comes with it. You just pop your phone down there and it'll charge wirelessly. Um, it, it's really kitted out with uh, your, your lane assist, your adaptive cruise control. You know, you, you think about it, we've pretty much got it. It's even got this gorgeous sort of interior uh, ambient mm. surround light system that can be altered completely to your preference. So you can have any oh. color, uh, pretty much. You can even set it into a drive profile that essentially changes based on throttle response and how you're driving, creating Jeez. this immersive experience at night. So say you set it to red and you're driving out into the hills at the dark of night and you want to feel, wow, I'm in a sort of a racy mode. The faster you push down on that throttle pedal, the darker the red will get in the car. So, yeah, lots of really wow. nice uh, in the car. Beautiful. It looks like just a perfect uh, space capsule to be taking your family, you know, kids going mental yeah. in the back and everyone's, uh, everyone's happy for the long drive, very comfortable. Um, ben, the Bourne launched this week yeah. and I like this because it's the all-electric model, so climate-friendly. Walk us through that one, mate. Yeah, so the Cooper Bourne has just been released for us. We finally got one sitting in the showroom, uh, and we've got a test drive model in the car park. So if anyone wants to come down, please reach out to us. Uh, we'll be happy to show you through it. But essentially, it has a range of 511 kilometers. Um, the maximum power, you're looking at 170 kW, which for the size of the vehicle is a, is a, lot, of, uh, a lot of power for the size. Uh, you're looking at roughly 2.8 seconds for the 0 to 50 which is, you know, uh, comes in, in, in tow with the torque because it is a full electric vehicle, so it, it's really nippy. Um, it, it's just an absolutely stunning vehicle, to be honest. We, we had several orders, and, and nobody's come down not like the car yet. So um, if you're looking for a full electric at an affordable price, you know, it, it is really kitted out with all premium gear. Exciting. Thank you so much, Ben. Um, thanks for giving us your time this morning and oh, thanks for plonking this a beautiful vehicle next to us for the morning. Oh, absolute pleasure, guys. And uh, thanks for having me.
That's Ben Bryant from Cupra. Uh, the Cupra has arrived. Visit cupraofficial.com.au or their showroom at 11 Weymouth Street, Adelaide, Bryce Gibbs. Um, up next, we've got question time. You're going to put me under the griller. Have you uh, got much prepared for me? You're going to write it during the break. No, I better get on to that because uh, <laughs> I've only got about five minutes to uh, put you under the grill. Right, well, that's up next. We're going to get to a break. It's seven minutes past nine. The sun is out, top of 16 degrees today. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Zeke CT60 SUV tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yeah, so good to have your company on this lovely Saturday. The sun's just popped out. It's going to be a top of 16 or 17 degrees. We're coming to you live from Harbour Town, so come on over and say hi if you can. Um, you going to get any shopping done today after this, Bryce? Uh, yeah, I might actually, yeah. Tom. might go for a bit of a stroll, see, uh, see what I can find. I can thoroughly recommend, if you look down at my feet, I'm wearing these Under Armour slide-ons and they're, they're called recovery shoes because, as you know, I'm a true athlete and yeah. I, need, I need to recover. They've got this soft padding underneath, so I get them from here and uh, they are very comfortable. But, Bryce... goes hand-in-hand hand with the woolly socks you've got on too. So yeah, get the yeah. socks and sandals, uh, socks and sandals. set up this morning, Tom. I always like to look my best for these ones. Um, Bryce, some news that's just come over. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has announced $240 million in funding for the development of a stadium precinct in Hobart to go alongside the new AFL team in Tasmania, which is obviously going to be announced now next week. Uh, the funding will go towards developing the Macquarie Point precinct in Hobart with the stadium as its centrepiece. How good is that? That's great news, uh, not only for Tasmania, but for, for AFL fans as well. Obviously, a new team looks like mm. it's going to be joining the AFL, and that's a lot of money to, uh, to build a stadium. And I, th- I suppose, is there any, I'm not sure if there's any specs being put in that, Tom, but mm. down there, you'd think a roof on the stadium? I, I think so. I think they would be going modern popping a roof on it, but, you know, I can't be sure. There's an estimated 4,200 jobs expected to be created from the production process. So, yeah, two, $240 million. And uh, Albanese also announced $65 million will go towards upgrading uh, Utah's stadium in Launceston in anticipation for some AFL games that are going to be played there. So that is wonderful news. I've got to say, I reckon Tassie will do it far, far better than what Gold Coast did when they first brought Gold Coast into the competition. These kids have grown up loving footy from the start. You know, their dads are sinking cans watching the footy, trying to live vicariously through their children like you and I, Bryce, putting them in footy young. Um, I I think they're going to be more ready than what the Gold Coast were. Yeah, I mean, if you compare apples to apples, it's... A bit more of a, a footy traditional state, isn't yeah. it, compared to obviously the, the Gold Coast, which is we know heavily NRL, yeah. um, le, uh, rugby league, and, and rugby union. So that, that we all knew those sort of challenges were going to be faced when taking a uh, team up to the Gold Coast, but more of a, a football AFL state is Tasmania. Absolutely. And what interests me is how they do the draft concessions because obviously GWS and Gold Coast they got you know a couple of draft concessions and they were able to pluck any uncontracted players they were just able to take them for free which um, I think uh, there was still a little bit of compensation involved so clubs are going to be scrambling to make sure the players are signed 
up until uh, 2027 and beyond. But um, well, yeah, this is when list managers are going to earn their money. Earn their money, yeah. To, to get the list right and, and sign away their... Their, their key assets, their, their prodigious talents to, uh, so they don't lose them to, to a ta- new Tasmanian side. Absolutely. A lot of first-year draftee stars the uh, Tassie side will be eyeing off. But I heard Matt Rendell talking to uh, Kane and Kingy yesterday, and he outlined an, an interesting point in how to uh, um, pluck some extra senior players. I'm thinking that if you, every club has to put in their top 25 and you can get access to anyone outside that 25 for free. Now, these players would have to want to go, but they're likely to be types. So, for example, let's look at Collingwood. So, people like Trey Rusco couldn't get a game till last week. Reese McGuinness, Will Kelly and the likes, you know, can't get a solid game there and they're capable of playing really good AFL footy. They're the type of players that you would target, and they'll make you super competitive straight up. And then you've got your draft concession. Yeah, I, I think that's not a bad idea, Bryce. You shave off four players from the list, possibly lower the list sizes, and, um, you know, they can pluck... Uh, each side submits their top 25 or 30 players, and then they can get a few other senior players like the Trey Ruscos or the Kieran Strawns from Adelaide yeah. to help out. You're still going to need your, your top-end oh, yeah. talent to to make this work. And, and we all saw what uh, Gary Ablett did, for mm. example, up at the Gold Coast Suns. He he won a Brownlow. Yeah, he was fantastic. Doing it. So uh, I think they'll stay away from uh, the Israel Folau type setups <laughs> that the, the GWS Giants uh, sort of went down a different different road there but uh yeah i mean if you get it right from the start you can you can bounce quickly but yeah it's obviously going to take a little bit of time to uh to find their feet uh, in the competition yeah absolutely now bryce time for one of our favorite segments it's question time let's get things underway sammy i asked the prime minister if you are so confident about your view of fight back why won't you call an early election the, the answer is, mate, because I want to do you slowly. Oh, take it away, Bryce Gibbs. Do me slowly. Okay, Tommy Lyon. Now, Mitch Georgiatis. Obviously, oh. sad news on the weekend. Hurt his knee. Going to be out for an extended period of time. Mm. We all know he's been down on form to start this season. Been playing in the sandfall. Just a simple Yes or no? You can actually explain why. Yeah. But will Mitch Georgiades be at Port Adelaide next year? No. And I will explain why. It's unfortunate. This could go either way. I'm leaning towards no. But it's unfortunate this knee incident happened because he's going to feel that loneliness of uh, being in the rehab section of, of training. And he's going to miss his family as well. And... Why it's difficult is because he's going to, if he attracts a deal, he's going to get less value if he was to stay at Port. He's going to get slightly more, maybe, if he was to leave for West Coast, someone like that. And Port Adelaide, on the other side, they're going to get less value for him at the trade table. But I do think West Coast would be one side with a bit of draft capital willing to give up something like a pick 19 or something for him. and, And they might have to just call it a day there. A very in-depth analysis from you <laughs> with that question, Tommy. Don't sound so surprised. Very good stuff. Okay, now talking Tasmania, mm. it's funny that I've got a question about that this morning. Yes. So 
when they come into the, the competition, if you were running the new Tasmanian side, yeah. who would you target to be your marquee player? Who will be mm. the first captain of the new Tasmanian side? Now, keep in mind, yeah. it's still a few years away, so 2027, 28. That's, so. you got to sort of forecast who will be in yeah. the right age bracket, bracket to take over as captain in this new franchise. Well, yes. Yeah, so that's four or five years away. So we've probably got to be thinking of a player right now who's 21 years old or around that age, first, second year player who's going to be an absolute jet. You know, the obvious one, uh, which I don't think will happen. Don't but say it. Nick Dacos, <laughs> <laughs> he would complete his uh, story arc exactly like Gary Ablett's was. That's if he too was, easy. That's yeah. too easy. To I know. That's something. an easy one. Okay. So what about a couple of guys, someone like a Matthias Philippou, who will be in his absolute prime. He's sort of like a Brendan Goddard type player. He'll be, I don't know, 25-ish by then. Or I was thinking Caleb Sarong could be a good solid leader. Uh, who will be in the prime of his career by the time Tassie are coming into the competition. That's all I've got for you. Okay, wouldn't try and go for a, a local local lad? Well, the, that's the unknown. You see, you could go Chase Jones if he keeps evolving, but I think he's more, you know, if hypothetically they were to bring Chase Jones into Tassie, he's more of a foundation player, but I don't think he's captain material. Okay. Uh, mid-season trading, mm. yes or no? Absolutely, yes, because you've got a team, for example, Collingwood this weekend. They come in without a ruckman, a noted ruckman. They could go to someone like Adelaide and get Kieran Strawn. Now, Kieran Strawn would be a very handy ruckman for Collingwood. They would be willing to pay overs for him, something like a second-round draft pick to get him on the list because they really need a ruckman. And then Adelaide would be laughing as well because they get a good pick. Second-round pick, that's... Pretty ambitious, but you never know. Well, you never know when uh, when people get desperate. desperate for sure. Desperate. Uh, now, Tom, music question. Now, I actually mm, don't. Okay. I, I actually never asked you if you've been on any of these shows mm. previously. Okay. You might have. I don't know. Mm, yep. But music TV shows. Oh God, you the, were to, the devil! If you were to go on one of these shows, yeah. which one are you more likely to win? The Voice, <laughs> the Masked Singer. Or Australian Idol? Well, I'm not going to win any of them because I don't have that conventional TV-style voice. But, And I'll say this as well, Bryce. Not many contestants from those shows go on to have a successful career afterwards. Guy Sebastian? Guy Sebastian. So the Idol guys, they all did well. Matt Corby, Guy Sebastian, yep. Shannon Noll. Can you name a single person who went on The Voice? Uh, yeah. Who? Um... No. Yeah, I'll, I'll get yeah. back to you. So, so that's because no one who's ever gone on The Voice who's, has been successful. Who's asking the so, questions? Okay, this round, so Tom? I, I would say I'm going to go with The Voice, and I'll tell you why. Because they actually reached out to me one year, um, and what they do with that show is the producers get on the emails and they look up your profile and your internet standing with music and, and they go we like you and so they actually asked me to go on that show and assured me a path through to the semi-finals Bryce and without I said, even no. without even uh, without without uh, even because I had I had a backstory as well I had because uh, I've got the daughter yep you know that so that's what they're after a voice and, and a story and the, and to tell story. so 
But I didn't end up doing that, so I'll have to say the voice just because of the deal they put forward. Because you penciled into the semi-final <laughs> without even showing up. Uh, very good. Uh, now, the last question, Tom. Mm. Do you eat oh. or do you drink soup? Well, you'd have to say drink because it's a liquid, wouldn't you? I mean, it's a meal, yes, but it's a liquid, so you're drinking soup. Okay. What are you doing? Are you eating it? I think I'm eating soup. Depends what sort of soup. If it's a minestrone, then you're probably drinking it. I'm looking yeah. at a uh, a fridge across us here at uh, <laughs> Harbour Town, and I, it's filled with beverages. Yeah, I can't see any cans of soup in the in the fridge there, Tom. No, but we do see cans of soup in the supermarket aisle. <laughs> we do, we do. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's that's really baffled me. That one. Um, yeah, another silly mystery question from Bryce Gibbs. Yeah, you're welcome, <laughs> Bryce. We've got to get to a break right now, but we are here from Barcelona to Adelaide. The Cupra has now arrived. And for our good friends at City Discount Tyres, SUV tyre deals on now. And SENSA Studio Lumo at number one King William Street is powered by Lumo Energy. Another very good uh, question time from you, Bryce Gibbs. Thank you. Thorough as always. Very thorough. 9.24. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Zeke CT60 SUV tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yes, good morning to you on this Saturday morning with the sun starting to poke through, top of 16 degrees today. Bryce Gibbs, Tom Lyon with you coming from live from Harbour Town down the southern end. So if you're around the place, come say good day. We're here thanks to SEN Studio Lumo, 1 King William Street and Power by Lumo Energy and City Discount Tyres, SUV tyre deals on now. Coming up next, we're going to preview the Crows and Pies game, probably the, the most intriguing game of the round. We've got producer Sammy's hot topics to go through and we've got Daryl Wakelin uh, in an interview coming up with him. We'll find out what he thought on last night's power performance and how the power are going this year. We're going to get to the news. We'll speak to you very shortly. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Zeke CT60 SUV tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Cummins here from Harbour Town, and we've got a legitimate four seasons in one day scenario <laughs> on our hands, Bryce. When we got here, it was absolutely pissing down, and now the sun is out and people are bustling around. It's good to have some company. It certainly is, Tom, and we are coming to you live from Harbour Town, so we're mm. down the southern end, so if you're just uh, pulling in in the car park in your car and listening to us, yes. come say g'day. Absolutely. We'd love to have a chat and get your thoughts on uh, on the Crows and Port and, and everything else in between. You know what? If you've got some thoughts and you come say g'day, we might even pop you on air because that's how loose we're feeling this morning. We're willing to take the risks, Bryce. Um, let's delve into this one. Adelaide v Collingwood, massive game, last game of the round. The Crows are going to be setting themselves for this one, aren't they? Yeah, I reckon this is the, the most intriguing game of the round. Obviously, both sides in very good form. Mm. And, and this is going to be a real test for the Crows, obviously. Yeah. Uh, they've surprised a few this year, uh, but the last couple of weeks that they've beaten sides that, on their form, should mm. have put away. N- nearly a scare last week coming from behind against yeah. Hawthorne down in Tassie, but we know they play a little bit better down there. So uh, this is going to be the, the, the toughest test they've had for a while. And 
And I'm really looking forward to see how they, they handle this because obviously we know how well the Crows are around the stoppages. They can mm. test the ball, their clearances. They've got some in there. Laird is under a bit of an injury cloud. Uh, we spoke to James Raleigh before. He said he thinks he's going to be fine to go. Still has to get through yep. the captain's run this morning, but he left the track in their main session this week. So if he does come up, fantastic. But if he doesn't come up, who do they put into the side? Is it going to be a Matt Crouch? I think it's going to be that experience, probably a Matt Crouch. Is it going to be a Schoenberg? We're, mm. we're not too sure, but by all reports, Laddie will be okay to go. And, and we know Collingwood, once they get their game up mm. and going, their run and gun, their slingshot off halfback, Nick Dacos, he's the, he's the favourite for the Brownlow. Uh, after six rounds, yeah. do they send a tag to him? Do they try and nullify his influence? And, and Raul sort of mentioned that they've been doing that most weeks. Mm. Uh, it, it was only that, that Carlton game that uh, started to get a bit of commentary when, when he went to Adam Saad and, yep. and shut him out of the game. So I reckon they might look to do something, but yeah. whether... The, whoever goes to him, Saad, is it Ben Keys? Is he actually capable of stopping Nick Dacos? Because one... He's, he looks extremely running. hard to tag. <laughs> he runs all day, and they give it to him. Yeah. If he's anywhere in the vicinity, a teammate will just give it to him, yep. and, and uh, Nick does his thing and, and disposes of the footy. His engine is so good. Like he never Have you noticed he never looks puffed? Never stops. Like no, he never stops. Amazing he's athlete. Always upright as well. Like he's just smooth and upright. Uh, Benny Keys was training as a forward flank, defensive forward flank during the week, so I dare say he'll get that role. And who, the question is, how hard a tag would it be, though? Because you don't really see the hard, hard tag these days, do you? You don't. You need to have someone that can be with him close enough to stop him getting the ball, but mm. be smart enough to leave him at the right time. Because if you're tagging him, you want to use his player on the other, going the other way. Yeah. Obviously, he takes off on long, searching runs. So he can be accountable. But if they can turn it over, if, if you can have someone that at the right time ducks out the back to, to try and get a goal, which Ben Keyes has done mm, in the times. past and has kicked multiple goals uh, mm. as, a, as a half forward, uh, that's when you can really hurt him, I think. Yeah, yeah, make him a little bit more accountable. Yep. I doubt that'll happen, though. Um, Bryce, I wanted to ask you, these team styles are a little bit more similar than what it was with Hawthorne last week. Hawthorne was a bit of a slugfest, a very, very defensive game. Collingwood uh, can be defensive, but do you see it playing out a little bit more like a shootout? Yeah, potentially. I mean, Collingwood have, have won in a couple of different ways this year. We know that their run and gun is probably their preferred option. Uh, link up through the middle with with handballs and, and get it into their forwards. But then when they played St Kilda a couple of weeks ago, St Kilda really slowed the game down and, and Collingwood kicked it long down the line a lot and got numbers to the contest and won a game of footy with Hard a bit way. more slow slow tempo. So they certainly can get it done yeah. in both both facets. But, I mean, Adelaide will be, will be looking to, to start well and get on top early, especially with the ruck dominance that yes. they're going to have with, with Riley O'Brien in there. And we know Riley is a great athlete himself and, and gets around the ground and is quite mobile. But I think if Adelaide can get a, a bit of a, a margin and get a bit of a buffer on the scoreboard, mm. they can't rest on their laurels because we know how good Collingwood are the grim reaper. coming from behind. Yeah. And we, we, we definitely saw that again last week, uh, only a few days ago yeah. in, in the Anzac match. And, and that's another factor. How fatigued will Collingwood be off, off the short break yes. as well? Travelling interstate, it certainly will take a lot out of you. Yeah. And uh, obviously not missing 
still one of their, their best players. Pendles. Pendlebury, who, yeah. when things aren't quite going the way they plan to, he's the one that goes in the middle or goes to the halfback or goes to on the mm. wing and, and just steadies them up, shows the leadership, uh, and we know he's still still making and having big impacts on games. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating watch, and uh, hopefully Riley O'Brien can get some ascendancy, particularly around the ground. He's not a noted um, tap ruckman, Riley, but... If he gets his marking game going, if he starts taking marks around the ground, then you, you definitely know he's on. Uh, wanted to ask you, with an injury like what Rory Laird has got or a nick or whatever it is in the calf, um, what do they do with that? Do they jab him up or do, does he get any treatment to get it right before the game with any needles or anything? Well, no, you don't, you don't traditionally jab a <laughs> soft tissue injury, Tom, but... <laughs> He, um, I mean, Leedy's been extremely durable in his yeah. career so far, and sometimes you can just have a bit of a bit, a bit of tightness, a bit of awareness. That, uh, I mean, the luxury the Crows have got, they've got off to a pretty good start to the year. So, yeah. I mean, if if with a calf, if he's in any doubt in terms, if it is still tight and he's not a hundred percent confident that he can run the game out, there's no there's no point in taking the risk. Yeah. Because if he does his calf, he's missing the best part of. Four to six weeks, Jeez, yeah. really. And then if you come back too early or, and then if you do it again, then you're looking at an extended break. So for the sake of missing one game to say, save yourself missing five or six, mm. I think even Matty Nix has been quoted saying that if he isn't quite right, they're not going to take any risks in yeah. terms of playing him slightly underdone. Fair enough. So no jabs involved this week, Bryce, you'd say? I wouldn't have thought so, Tom, no. (laughs) Last point I wanted to get to, which is going to be a fascinating contest within the contest, Bryce Gibbs. Walker, Fogarty, Tilthorpe in the forward line. They're going to be up against Darcy Moore, who's an absolute star. But then there's Murphy and Maynard, who might be a little bit undersized. Could the Crows possibly get an ascendancy in the forward battle? Yeah, potentially. And I mean, uh, Collingwood's defence has, has been fantastic mm. this year. Darcy Moore's in, in all-Australian contention. I've loved what Isaac Quainor's done as well. He, yep. He's not the biggest bloke, but he, he plays a little bit taller than he is. He does. Brayner Maynard, Maynard just plays, wears his heart on his sleeve, yeah. and, and he's, he's a crasher and basher. And uh, You're right, Nathan Murphy's held up as well. So, I mean... Mm. I think they're still capable of getting it done, but if, but if Adelaide, as I said, can get on top in and around those those clearances, which we know they're capable of, get it in deep. I mean, even if Fogg and, and Phil Thorpe and Tex aren't marking it, if they're bringing it to the ground, and you've got yeah. the Mosquito Fleet in, in Rankin, Rochelle, uh, Ben Keys, if he is getting off Dacos and, and getting front front of centre, they're certainly dangerous at ground level. So, yeah, they can get them, but uh, Collingwood's defence has been holding up pretty well this year. Yeah. Jamie Elliott always gets hold of Adelaide uh, last few games, so they're going to have to put a Tom Dode or maybe a Max, uh, Max Michelini on him, I'm not sure, but that'll be one to watch out for. Bryce, have you got a final tip for this game? I think I think Adelaide can win this, Tom. Right. I think they can, yeah. I think just off the, the short break that Collingwood faced this week, no Scott Pendlebury, as I mentioned before, Adelaide uh, just seemed really in a really good spot. They've got continuity with their, with their playing group. Um, and I mean, they're, they're dropping role players like mm. Nick Mid-Henry, who, who's just come in, plays a role. And, and if Laird does miss, you know, Crouch, 
Schoenberg, they've been in fantastic form in the Sandful. So yeah. I have extreme confidence that whoever comes in, if Laird is injured, that'll, that'll come in, do a job and, yeah. and get it done. Yeah. So I think the Crows can win this. I'm excited by that statement, Bryce Gibbs. I, I think they can uh, do similar to what they did with Carlton, where, I mean, not going to win by that much, but... Um, if the Crows are on, Adelaide Oval is going to be a bit of a fortress this year. And they, they need to win these games. Are they a chance to break the attendance record tomorrow? I think they are. I've, I've, I've been hearing it's sold out to begin with. We know so. Collingwood have got fans yeah. all across Australia. And they, they pack out most stadiums <laughs> when they travel into state. But just the way the yeah. Crows are going, building great momentum, playing a big Melbourne side like Collingwood, they could yeah. be close to well, more than 55 in the house tomorrow afternoon if the if the weather's nice and dry as well absolutely could go close the stadium is going to be rocking unfortunately for me bryce my wife is a collingwood fan and um that has made things difficult at times but look we push through her whole family are actually collingwood people so yeah it's it's bizarre how things have ended up with us bryce up next we've got a very special special segment with our producer sammy he's jumping in to give us the hot topics because of course producer jace he's on a cruise ship He's chilling out. He's uh, resting on his laurels. So Sammy is stepping up, stepping in to bring us the hottest topics of the day. And we're going to discuss them. It's 9.43, top of 16 degrees today. You're listening to 1629 SEN with Tom Lyon and Bryce Gibbs. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Zeke CT60 SUV tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yeah, it's Saturday. We're feeling good. Hope you're feeling good as well. Just getting around the house, doing the odd jobs. Uh, we're down at Harbortown, of course. So come on down and say hello. Get a few bargains as well. There's, I'm just looking around, Bryce. There's sale stickers up on all the shops surrounding like 50% off at Billabong. Uh, Under Armour right next to us. If you're into your running, got some great stuff as well. So come on down and uh, get some of your clothing shopping or whatever else. But right now, Bryce... We've got one of the segments I've been looking forward to most today. We've got producer Sammy in the studio. Good morning, Sam. Hey, boys. How are you down there in the uh, slowly warming up weather? <laughs> We're doing okay. We're doing okay. Certainly better than when it was uh, almost tailing when we arrived, mate. <laughs> um, we're going to go through a few talk points. But before we get to that, the Boston Celtics uh, got over the Hawks late yesterday. Now, I dare say that this Boston Celtics fan, Bryce, if you remember him from last year, he's going to be pretty happy with this. 2008, I was seven years old. That's the last time he won. I mean, let's go Celtics. I need it. I need it. Let's go. <laughs> That's a very nice segue, Tommy, into our next yeah. segment, which is our NBA update. So, as we know, Love that, the, the uh, Bucks went down to the Heat. They were one of the only first seeds to lose to the eighth seed. And Giannis Antetokounmpo, also known as the Greek Ooh. Freak, was asked about failure in sports. Do you view this season as a failure? Oh, my God. Uh, you asked me the same question last year, Eric. Okay. Every, every year you work, you work towards something, towards a goal, right? Which is to get a promotion, to be able to uh, take care of your family, provide the house for them or take care of your parents. You work towards a goal. It's not a failure. It's steps to success. I don't, know, I, don't want to, I don't want to make it personal. So, there's always steps to it. 
Michael Jordan played 15 years, won six championship. The other nine years was a failure? That's what you're telling me. It's a wrong question. There's no failure in sports. I feel like that was an excellent uh, bit of audio right there. It's a microcosm of life, you know, because every year our first feeling, whether it's a year of work or maybe you with um, footy, Bryce, I, I, my tendency is always to look back on the year and go, God, what did I get done? But sometimes, you know, you're building little blocks to uh, build the big wall of life. Yeah, and I mean, they were the number one seed in the East, and I don't think it's happened for a while that yeah, uh, the number no. one seed goes out in the first round of the playoffs. And, and to a, a team that just limped in and, and won the, yeah. the wild card round or the, or the one in the playing tournament in the Miami Heat. So, um, I mean, he was obviously a little bit emotional after the game, and yeah, yeah I thought he, he answered it spot on. Served it up well. Uh, do they have the New York Knicks coming up next, Sammy? I believe they do. <laughs> they do. I believe they, they do. do. Yeah. Oh, well, that'll be an interesting watch, Sammy. Okay, what have you got for us for the Hot Topics? Well, continuing on with the theme of the day with the funding announcement around Tasmania and the $240 million. Uh, having lived in Tasmania for a couple of years, I can sort of resonate with what James Sisley was saying earlier this week about young people not wanting to move to Tasmania. Oh. Uh, I used to have to get up at 4am and read the news and it was very cold. Here's what Sisley had to say. I think so, particularly as a young guy, because there's not much happening in there. That would be would be quite difficult. I, I couldn't imagine myself living there as a young fellow, but because I've only spent much, spent time in Lonnie, um, Hobart's a bit different. I think there's a little bit more happening in Hobart, a little bit, yeah. So I haven't had too much experience in Hobart, but yeah, it, w- it would be hard. Now, Hobart is a beautiful place, um, but that's very interesting <laughs> with the Hawthorne Footy Club being a major. Sp- being sponsored by uh, Tasmania themselves with the games that they have down there every year. Alistair Clarkson also has the links to Tasmania. Here's what he had to say about Sicily's comments and the issues of player attention. I don't think Sicily, I'm surprised he even moved out of Melton, let alone uh, moving out of Melbourne. Um, so that doesn't surprise me uh, too much that, uh, that Sis might not be too keen on going down there. Having said that, he's been going down there to play footy for the last last 10 years in, in Launceston. But um, I... I I just look at the Geelong Footy Club and the significant strategic advantage they've got by offering something different. They're, they are, they are a, an AFL professional team playing in a rural community. Because something special about that. You say, um, oh, that's not going to be too attractive for people. They just want the bright lights. Jeremy Cameron didn't want the bright lights. Neither did Paddy Dangerfield. Um, so it, it all depends on, on the individual and what they want. And if they set their club up in the right way down there, um, I don't see it as an impediment. Uh, I actually see it as a, a competitive advantage that they've got. They haven't got it over Geelong, but they've got it over um, 17 other clubs in the competition. Got to agree with Clarko there. Tasmania is a fantastic place and they're going to offer, if they have a very good strategy in targeting those Vic country kids, the types who will enjoy the sights, enjoy uh, living in, in more of a rural lifestyle. I mean, Hobart's a big city, but... Um, Tassie has plenty to offer and they're going to be far better off than as I was saying earlier the Gold Coast Suns and the Giants yeah I agree with you and if you get the right people in the right positions mm. of a footy club I'm talking you know your senior leadership you know, your, your president your CEO your coach your captain I reckon if you create the right environment for the players that you have and you're having fun and you're jo- enjoying being around a, a team environment and and a football environment, it doesn't mm. matter where you play. If, if you're having yeah. fun within yourself, you play anyway. 
Yeah, absolutely. They're going to be... I reckon Tassie are going to be a fantastic side. And within the first five years, it's going to be a different scenario just because footy is part of the fabric of their upbringing down there, Sammy. Absolutely. It is a, it'll, it'll be good to see the TSL sort of get revamped and revitalised because there's been a few sides up mm. in the northwest of Tasmania that in the past 10 years have left the competition and sort of gone into their more minor leagues there. So it'll be really good to see AFL in Tasmania get the uh, injection that it needs to get back up Sammy, and running. Yes. what did you do for fun down there? Uh, hung out. <laughs> no, no if, you're, if you're really into nature, it's really, really great. Like, it's yeah. really beautiful. Nature you walks. can sort of go for a lot of drives down the Huon Valley. You can go up the East Coast where it's beautiful. You can even just go for a hike up Mount Wellington. But once again, if yeah. you're um, not good with the cold, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a bit tough. Nah, I love it. Rug up. Rug up, exactly. More, you've got more to accessorise with, Sam. Yes, yeah, that's right. You can get out the winter coats a little bit early, even in the middle of summer sometimes. Uh, earlier this week, Jimmy Bartell spoke about changing the rules around Brownlow eligibility. So if you're rubbed out for one week for a football act versus a non-football act, say maybe a bump versus a stomach punch or something, let's have a look, listen to his audio. Football and non-football acts, and I, I'm the believer that that should be the first column you have on the MRO because then you can elevate the, the tummy punches and the punching because that's not part of our game. But it allows a little bit of leniency for accidents that do happen in the game, and we want to keep call it that word the fabric of the game. We want to see some tackling, some physical. So yes, but be, be suspended, miss a week, but be eligible to win the, the biggest this, award. This is, this is the point I'm getting to. So if it, if you do get suspended for a football act up to a week, you can, should still be eligible for the Brownlow. Yeah, I want to get your thoughts Price. on this one. I, I don't mind it. Mm. I actually don't mind it because he's spot on. Sometimes accidents do happen. And we've seen, I mean, the AFL crack down a lot in the last couple of years in, in terms of if, if say, with the concussion stuff, and we know how mm. serious we, we need to take, take that. But sometimes... You can't help. You can't help it. And yeah. and if you run past the ball and you and you you're doing things like that, yeah, absolutely. But if two players are going for the ball, watching the ball, and someone comes off second best, and as Jimmy Bartell said, if it's a football related injury, mm. um, it's pretty big ramifications in terms of. We look at Paddy Cripps last yeah. year. Yeah, I think. I mean, it's... you can argue that he ran past the ball in that mm. in that case, but. Carlton were able to challenge it and get him off, but um, yeah, no, I think I think that's a, an educated comment there from yep. from Jimmy Bartel, and I, I, I'd be I'd be for it. I'd be absolutely be for it. I'd like to see uh, that happen, and also it, it saves us from those awkward tribunals that happen late in the season when you have a star player like Paddy Cripps or someone like that, you know, headed to the tribunal, and then the AFL sometimes they woozy wazzy and bend and fold to try and. Um, Get him up, Sammy. Absolutely. It's uh, probably a good thing that Gil McLaughlin's out the door pretty shortly, given your boy's point of view on it and what he had to say on Bartel's idea. I understand the point. Um, our players <laughs> react week to week, and, and I think it's having an impact. You see now a lot of players protecting and ta- exercising a duty of care the way they tackle. It doesn't mean they're not tackling them hard and fixed, but they lay them down and they protect them. And I think... I think people understand why it's there, and I think that the, you, once you've got an accountability, you actually have, um, you know, had a sling tackle, and you've actually the guy's head's hit the ground. I think you have to be accountable in the same way. I think you would find if you had different rules around the eligibility of a brown load, it would get confusing. Sammy, I'm hearing that Gill is considering staying on. 
Yes, so here's what Eddie Maguire had to say on that earlier this week on Footy Classified. There's news reports going around that Andrew Dillon has been given the nod to be the new CEO of the AFL. My understanding is it hasn't changed from what we told you exclusively last week, and that is the job is Andrew Dillon's, but for one point, and that is if they can get Gillen to stay on and keep Dillon at the same time. My understanding is that the AFL wants to have a look at now a holus bolus look at the commission, where there's two vacant positions, positions rather, and I believe that there might be another two coming up, and also then look at a new structure for the AFL. If Gillen McLaughlin stays, there will be a, a reshaping of things, and if he goes, Andrew Dillon will be the CEO, and still there'll be a reshaping of things. So still a fair bit to go on this one, but getting closer. You sit on so it sounds just a little bit convoluted there, that if Gillen stays mm. on, they're going to restructure it and Dillon comes on as the CEO, and even mm. if Gillen doesn't stay on, Dylan's going to be the next CEO. Yeah, it looks like they're pretty desperate uh, clients as well and the general uh, wider public and community around football want to keep Gillen on because he did so much work through those COVID eras and um, want, want him to reap the rewards of the game now that he's, he's built it right back up and it's kind of sailing along smoothly. They want him to see it through that way. And I don't think it's a bad idea. If he, if he had the passion and wanted to stay on, keep Gil. There have been a lot of big wins under Gil's reign, AFLW, Tasmania, Gather Round, all those sorts of things, and his uh, management yeah. through COVID. Uh, just before we get to the break, I want to pump up our Sandful coverage later today. Paul Bonza and Dan Mental will bring you mm. Sturt versus Centrals, one of the games of the round. Uh, and tomorrow, Bryce Gibbs will be playing in one of the Bryce Gibbs Cups, South Adelaide versus Adelaide, Adelaide Oval. We'll also bring that to you on 1629. And just as we go to the news, the Sandful is pleased to announce the first three rounds of the Host Plus Sandful League have recorded the best attendance figures since 2017. Fantastic. All right, we're off to the news. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Zeke CT60 SUV tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yeah, coming to you from Harbour Town. Lovely day. Up ahead, we've got the sun poking its head out, and it's the top of 17 degrees now uh, for today. Bryce Gibbs, we've been looking forward to this all day. It's time to do our quarter year analysis. It's been six rounds in, so we're a quarter of the way through, and there's probably a few takeouts that we've got so far from from the year. Or well, a couple of certainly a couple of surprises, hasn't there, Tommy? Yeah, Frio for me. I thought they were. I mean, I'll put my hand up. I thought they were going to be top four definites, and. Uh, they are going like garbage. Yes, they are. Well, I had the pies to fall out of the top eight in yep. my predictions, and well, they're clearly not going to miss the finals this no, year. No, I wouldn't I have thought on, top on recent form. So, um, yeah, there's been uh, oh St Kilda, Essendon. Mm. They've surprised most, a lot of surprises. I would have thought. So, yeah, yep. there's been plenty happening in the first six rounds, and you get a bit of a, a feel for the whole year, don't you? After the first six to eight rounds, in yeah. terms of what what it looks like towards the end of the year. I think traditionally the, the first eight rounds shape the eight. nearly the whole year. Yeah, which statistically. Is, which is a staggering uh, st- statistic, as you said. Yeah, statistically the eight usually doesn't change a great deal after the first six rounds. Uh, Sammy, before we get into this, why don't we touch on what we said at the beginning of the year about our SA teams 
um, you know, some right things, some wrong things, starting with you, Bryce Gibbs. I think Scotty Lysette was, was a big loss with a fit. Scotty Lysette back. <laughs> so I think Port are going to be big jumpers this year, mm. and I think they'll find themselves finishing in the top eight. Adelaide, I see yep. them improving a little bit as well. Although I don't think they're going to finish in the top eight, I think they're going to mm. be in that next sort of bracket, that, that bracket, that eight to eleven <laughs> type range. I, that's, I mean, I'm probably a bit premature with um, putting all of those in there, Bryce. But Scotty Lysett, you got to say, hasn't been a big factor for Port this year. No, he hasn't, and they've continued to win without him. So, mm. uh, I mean. Phil Lason last night looked great. He has been terrific. We've seen Brent Teekle get mm. his opportunity again this year. Uh, and Charlie Dixon is, uh, holds himself yeah. more than capable Handy. in the ruck. So uh, I did get the Port one right, and they've started a lot better than what, what pay, people were going to give them yeah. credit for. And, and the Crows, I mean, they've surprised yeah, everyone. I mean, no that... one thought they would be sitting where they are at yeah. this stage of the year. As you said, it's still only early, but um, it was a little bit off there. Okay, let's move along. I'm, I'm nervous about this one. This, these are my predictions from the start of the year. The amount of sides that I've got written down here who are vying for making the eight. So we've got Geelong, Sydney, say Port, and I, I reckon Carlton will jump into the top four. Melbourne as well. And then have a listen to this. Collingwood, Frio, Adelaide if they play to their potential, Richmond, Bulldogs, Gold Coast, and the Bombers, all going into <laughs> next year thinking, yep, we're going to make the A. Well, there you go. I've got, I've got a few right there. You've named 15 sides <laughs> to make the A and have ticked, if they're not quite there, yeah. yeah. You've, I think you've my approach yourself, was to grab a, a big blanket and just throw it over everything I could. But now, uh, looking forward to this year, Bryce, I took the time, and this is quite sad, I took the time to go through the ladder predictor last night to just get a gauge on on what's going to happen. You can actually get a pretty close gauge on what it will look like late in the year. And we're going to see a lot of snakes and ladders in the bottom part of the eight because there's this, uh, I don't know, this hold of Sydney, Richmond, Frio. So what what do you do here? Is this going based off the first six rounds or are you plugging in... What so you think? What happens is it's will ba- happen. So Run the me first through this AFL predictor. Predictor. Later. Sorry, I thought you knew of it. But no. what what happens is it's got the first six rounds locked in. So they they've been done. Even the port game. Yep. So that's statistically there, and the ladder is there. And then you go and fill out the rest of the games for the whole year uh, and predict margins. Just and guess who's going to win. Gotcha. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a you, bit of guesswork. You tip for the rest of the year. You're telling me. Yeah. Gotcha. And but you know. You, you go 50-50, you be diplomatic about it. Like, for example, the Crows play Collingwood here and then they play Brisbane and the Western Bulldogs. You know, you might give Adelaide one of those three games sort of thing to, to make it balanced. And what, what it came up with, Bryce, is that Essendon, Carlton, Adelaide and the Bulldogs are all, all going to be competing for seventh and eighth spot. And Frio and Richmond, possibly Sydney, are going to be big sliders this year. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. So who, who wins it? Who finishes minor premiers with your predictor ladder? With my prediction, I think it's Melbourne. Who, uh, who do I have? Yeah, Melbourne Melbourne finished minor premiers with St Kilda coming up second there. So look, if you can see the ladder right there, Bryce. Yeah, I can actually. So we've got Melbourne first, Saints second, Collingwood third, Brisbane fourth. Now that's a pretty, that's a top four you'd expect. Yes. Yeah, well, based on the, f- the form at the moment, you would say that's trending in the in the right direction. Port's draw opens right up for them. So we've got them finishing fifth. 
Geelong is an Adelaide brand out the top eight. And uh, unfortunately for you, Carlton... Now, this could be diabolical if Carlton finished ninth. Yeah, it wouldn't be ideal. <laughs> Can we maybe get another Essendon <laughs> supplement saga to, <laughs> yeah, just to get them back get in them if they finish out. ninth again? But, uh, yeah, you, you're right. They And they've got a tough month coming up, mm. the Blues. I mean, they play an undermanned West Coast. But then they play Brisbane, yep. the Bulldogs... Collingwood and Sydney. So I think we'll find out a lot about Carlton in the next month. Yeah. And if they struggle in the next five or six weeks, I could agree yeah. with your uh, AFL ladder <laughs> predictor, Tommy. <laughs> well, look, Carlton, uh, they've just got to beat a few teams above them and, um, you know, prove a few of my tips wrong. Um, West Coast, mate, are an absolute lock for bottom spot. Which is, for them, I think, uh, a good thing because they're going to get hold of this kid called Harley Reid and he's a generational-type Dusty Martin kind of player from the draft. So, good for them. What do you see happening, mate, for the next uh, six months? Well, I don't, I'll just run through some of my other predictions and you tell me if I'm, uh, if I'm on track or not. So, yep. I, had the, I had the Brisbane Lions to be premiers. Yeah. Still in around the That's mix. That's in there around the mix, yeah. Uh, Melbourne, runners-up, in and around the mix. I, I still... Bullish on the Hawks to finish bottom. I think they just cut the list too much. <laughs> yeah. So that's in You're and around b- the mix. B- bullish on that. Yep. <laughs> Oliver O'Neill, tie for the Brownlow. Yep, that's, N- you Nick, know. Nick Dacos is... He's up there, but the Bond well might have to say. Rising star, I had Cam McKenzie from Hawthorne. Oh, no. It's probably not looking looking too good. Tom Lynch, Coleman. Yeah. No, no, no chance. <laughs> Jez, uh, I might get 100. And I had the biggest improvers, Carlton. They can push for the top four I've got in here. <laughs> no. no, not happening, mate. Uh, the biggest slider, Collingwood. <laughs> oh, my God. So, uh, Are you an expert in football not, or not, what? Not great. Not great, Bryce. But that, I dare say, is our you know, crystal ball sort of look back at what, what things... Bit of a reflection. Are, bit of a reflection of uh, the, our quarter yearly uh, analysis. Just looking at the next five for Crows and Port. So the Crows have Collingwood tomorrow, Geelong... St Kilda at home, the Bulldogs at Mars, which they beat them there last year, and Brisbane then at home. So if the Crows can come away with, I reckon, even two wins out of those five games, they are still a chance for the eight. Whereas Port play Essendon home, North uh, away, Melbourne at home, Richmond and Hawthorne. So a little bit of a kind of draw for Port Adelaide. They're going to be right up there. Yeah, well, if they keep producing performances interstate like they did last night, Tom. Mm. They'll, uh, it'll be theirs to, to lose, Tom, I reckon. Yeah. Um, we're going to come back with a discussion about Jez's 100 goals up next and possibly Daryl Wakelin if he answers his phone. It's currently 10 minutes past 10 o'clock, top of 17 degrees. We're coming to you from Harbour Town. Come on down to say day before we finish up. It's Tom Lyon, Bryce Gibbs. <laughs> City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Zeke CT60 SUV tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yeah, good to have your company this morning. We're broadcasting live from Harbour Town and SENSA Studio Lumo SA at number one King William Street is powered by Lumo Energy SA and our friends at City Discount Tyres SUV tyre deals on now, Bryce, there's a few uh, stories kicking around I wanted to get your view on. Um, 
During the week, did you hear Jacob Wiedering has come out and admitted to being scammed for a lot of money, his life savings, at age 25? Now, do you, and it was by a group of scammers that were pretending to be his bank. Do you ever receive these texts or phone calls now asking for your details or pretending to be mum or anything like that? Yeah, that's horrible news to hear, isn't yeah. it? And no, not, no calls. I get plenty of random emails about... Yeah. My PayPal account needs to be updated or, yeah. you know, other random text messages. Or your package has arrived. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd, I haven't bitten haven't on bit any off. of them just yeah. yet. But when someone rings from your bank and uh, asking you all the right questions, yeah. you can understand how people can come a little bit unstuck with these, mm. these uh, horrible scammers. Tom. Well, this is how clever they are. What they can do is they can say your bank, your real bank, actual bank, they can send you texts from time to time. These scammers can loop in with your bank's uh, texts, so from the real bank, and then begin texting you from that number there so that you'll be like, oh, well, I've had them from the bank before. I'll respond appropriately. Um, but I think it's a, it's a good move from Jacob Wietering to come out and say it because what uh, the scammers don't want they don't want people coming out and talking about it because there's a lot of shame involved a lot of embarrassment if you get gotten by scams but even very very smart professional people are getting caught now because they're, they're just upping their professionalism the scammers yeah spot on <laughs> They've got call centres, they've got HR departments nowadays, Bryce. Um, the next thing I wanted to talk about, Tom DeConing is, uh, has been left out of Carlton's side. Um, if you were coach of Carlton, would you be finding a spot to play Tom DeConing, who's coming out of contract this year? Yeah, it, it is an interesting one. And for him to be left out of side, they've obviously just, they think it's better to go in with one mm. Ruckman. But I, I reckon, I mean, we've seen what his brother can do down back. Yeah. I'd give him, or whether they need to play him in the VFL as a back first to see what it's like. I don't, I think he, he plays better as a Ruckman than in the forward line as a yeah. key forward. So if he can't get a go in the Ruck, uh, which I, I think he's a very capable Ruckman Anyway, but I'd I'd try him at centre half back. Yeah, and we've seen how so how well his brother has performed. Yeah, in only his second or third year as as a key defender, he he is he's mobile, he's athletic, and uh, he reads the play pretty well. So mm. I'd I'd try him at half back, Tom. Sounds good, Bryce. Um, I've got to admit, I didn't. I haven't watched Mason Redmond very closely now. It's similar to the year when the Crows were going after Jordan Dawson. I didn't know a lot about him, but look at how he's come along. I had a closer look at Redmond uh, on the Anzac Day game, and he looks to me like a sort of a running back that they could be looking at him to replace Brody Smith when he uh, bumps out of the game later this year. Do you think that's an appropriate analogy, Bryce? Yeah, or or maybe see, let's see what happens with Tom Duday. I think he's yeah. out of contract as well. There yeah. might be some interest from from Melbourne sides uh, acquiring his services. But yeah, I think it's just one to watch. Uh, yeah. I, I do rate him as a, a very good player. So yeah. he's been pivotal in Essendon's rise up the ladder 
in uh, for the start of this year. So yeah. Essendon will be pretty keen to hold on to him. But uh, yeah, SA boy, they'll yeah. uh, they'll be asking the questions. I reckon the Crows and Port for that matter. Yeah, on Tom Dodo, I think Adelaide would benefit far more from just keeping him if they if they can because. The compensation for him as a free agent is probably going to be a band two or band three, probably around a pick, 19, 20. So something that's going to take a while to develop if, you know, the draft lottery, once you get beyond pick 20, if it works out. So definitely want to keep Tom Dodo. Bryce, shall we go through some tips for the rest of the round? Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, why not? We've got time? Yeah, we've got time. Um, Brisbane v Frio. Uh, Brisbane. I think I actually think this is a pretty easy round to tip from here, Tom. Yeah. So we can go through this pretty quickly, I reckon. Yeah. Brisbane beat Frio. Yep, yep, easy. Sydney v GWS. The Battle of the Bridge, the Sydney Swans. Yep. Bulldogs and Hawthorne. Bulldogs. Melbourne and North Melbourne. Melbourne. Easy. West Coast and Carlton. Carlton. All okay. Essendon against Geelong at the MCG, though. This uh, will be closer than you think, but I think the Cats on recent form. Yep. Richmond and the Gold Coast. Uh, Again, another one I think will be closer than people think, but Mm. Richmond just. Finally, I know you said earlier, but Adelaide and Collingwood. I'm going to tip the Crows, Tom. All right. Well, that's going out on a limb today, Bryce. We've got to get to a break. It's 20 minutes past 10, uh, top of 17 degrees today. Tom Lyon, Bryce Gibbs coming to you from Harbour Town. We'll be back in a moment. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Zeke CT60 SUV tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Oh, thank you for joining us this morning. A lovely day is emerging for us. Saturday, beautiful day ahead of 17 degrees. Hey, from Barcelona to Adelaide, Cooper has now arrived. Thank you to those guys for plonking this beautiful car next to us today. We're coming to you from Harbour Town, so get on down. I'm seeing discounts and bargains everywhere, Bryce, if you want to get some shopping done. I've just got to get to this one now, Bryce Gibbs. From Jack on the text line, just wanted to let you guys know that all Division 1 Adelaide Footy League games are being live-streamed on Filming Footy YouTube page today. So that's Filming Footy YouTube page with commentary from 2pm. Would appreciate the shout-out. Cheers, Jack. Well Well done, Jack. Great text through. And for you soccer fans out there, live streaming, how good. And, Jack, you're going to win the Signet Boost Power Bank vote at $59.95. A Signet Boost Power Bank will keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24-7. Thank you for that text. Thanks, Jack. As we say, Bryce, we've got eyes and ears around everywhere. So wherever we've got a blind spot, we ask you, our listeners, to pick it up for us. And, Jack, as it's done... Exactly that. Bryce Gibbs, uh, looks like reports are emerging that Lockie Murphy is going to get a new deal at Adelaide. How do you feel about that? Probably well earned, mm. yes. He's had his knockers over the, the last couple of years and, and he, he just plays a role, doesn't he? Yeah. That, that sort of high forward, high pressure forward, comes up to stoppages, gets yep. involved, but... Uh, knowing Murph well uh, and where he's come from, he's an extremely hard worker, yeah. uh, very good listener uh, and very dedicated to go away and, and work on his deficiencies. And yeah. he's had a, a solid couple of years and uh, a new deal, um, yeah. well earned. Yeah, he statistically, it doesn't look a whole lot different, but the way he's going about his role is awesome. He, I reckon he's just fitting into a real nice system now. Also, that moustache that he's nursing across, it looks kind of like a 1900s Prohibition-era moustache, doesn't it? 
It certainly does. And he, uh, Lockie Murphy started in working in the Crow Shop. He did, didn't so he? So that's where he cut his teeth at the Adelaide Football Club. And he's worked his way up to, uh, to be playing... Well, there's some, many games for the Adelaide Crows. It's an inspiring story. It Any, certainly is. Anybody who wants to get a job at the Crows shop, they might give you a Guernsey. If you do the right <laughs> thing and play the right, the right people, you, uh, you get a promotion. Now, um, another one. This narrative around Ken Hinckley's contract is changing every week because they are poleaxing sides, Port Adelaide. I mean, they didn't poleax the Saints, but it was a fantastic win for them last night. Ollie Wines is backing him, I reckon. This is what he had to say. Nah, not not from our perspective. We're we're fully in on Ken. We know the club that we love will will eventually commit to him because we're going to get results for him. So we feed off a lot of Ken's energy, and his energy is um, fully in on us at the moment. So um, we don't really yeah look into that at all. Some nice footage again. This is two weeks in a row where Ken Hinckley's pulled um, your friend Jason Horn Francis in close and had a few words to him. There was a footage last night. He was smiling, t- chatting to him. I suspect about the crowd, but uh, you see a nice sort of um, fatherly figure relationship forming there. Yeah, well, the players have always backed Ken Hinckley. Yeah. They've got, uh, Ken's got a great relationship with his players, and as we've seen, that some of that footage especially in the, after that Sydney game. Mm. We saw it again last night, uh, the, the vision you mentioned just then yep. of uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago in the Bulldogs game, getting yep. around his players. The, the players love him and have said in all their interviews that they're, they're backing him yep. as well. So, um, yeah. Yeah, looks the goods so far, Ken Hinckley. And just in case you missed it, Anthony Albanese has committed $240 million for a new stadium and precinct in Tasmania, which means Tassie team is bound to get announced in the next week, which is exciting for everyone, I think, Bryce. New stadium, Tommy. Whether yeah. they're, they're probably going to need a roof. I think so. Windy and cold down there in Hobart. But uh, they've got enough money now to put something together, so we'll see how that plays out. Yep. Thank you so much for joining us on this lovely Saturday. We're going to catch you next week and where we might have Daryl Wanklin. Should be good, Tom.